All right, everybody, it is that time once again. It's a happy Monday, and it is your girl, April Latrell, a.k.a. Not Your Average Businesswoman, a.k.a. It is the business plug. What's popping, everybody? How are y'all doing? I hope everybody had a beautiful Monday. To all those mothers, I hope you guys had a happy Mother's Day. And to those fathers that's playing both roles, huge, huge shout out to you guys as well. I could not let the day go on without mentioning you as well, you guys. So shout out to everybody. Like I said, I hope everybody had a good weekend. I hope everybody is excited. Because your girl is here, you guys. And so, um, if you follow me on social media, then you already know what my topic is going to be about today. Because I went live about it as well as I posted about it as well. Um, so, if you don't follow me on social media, first of all, let's get that together now. Um, follow me on Facebook at The Business Plug as well as on Twitter at the business plug my instagram name is going to be a little bit different it is going to be at the dot business dot plug all of those are spelled business with a z b u z i n e s s all right you guys so don't get it messed up that is business with a z and follow your girl okay you guys so last week you know we talked about the kind of my purpose, the reason why I created the business plug, which is just to see everybody win. That's literally my passion. That's literally my purpose. I know that's literally what God placed me here for. So I talked a little bit about that. So today I just decided like, hey, I really want people to know who I am as a person, not just this girl who is on social media, who is trying to help people or promote you or do this or whatever. I really want you guys to really get to know me because even though I am the business plug and I do so much with that, along those lines, I am so much more. And there is so much more to April Latrell, the brand, me being who I am, all of that. It's like I, you know, it's a big package. I'm a package deal. I come with a lot. And so I do kind of want to give you guys a little background about me and who I am as a person, not just April Latrell, the business plug, but who April Latrell is to the core of who she is and who God created her to be. So you guys, let's go ahead and hop right into it. So, if you don't know, I was born on January 29th, 1990. Um, I was actually born in Fayetteville, North Carolina. So, shout out to Fayetteville, Fayetteville is what they call it. Uh, so, shout out to that big old city, Cumberland County, to be exact. Um, so, I'm 28 years old. Um, I'm a young African-American black woman. Um, I do not have any kids or, and I'm single, but, um, I was born in Fayetteville, Fayetteville, North Carolina. I actually was adopted, you guys, um, if you didn't know. So that's one fun fact about me. I was actually adopted when I was four months old by my parents, Hattie and Carlton. Um, they live here in a little town called Vanceboro, North Carolina, which is where I currently reside. And... 
it's so crazy to me. I think that I was born in Fayetteville. Um, Fayetteville is about three hours away from where I currently reside, the Newburn area, I say, because that's like the closest, biggest city. But so it's like three hours away, and they already had three boys prior to wanting a little girl. But my mom, she wanted a little girl. I guess she was like, I'm over this, all these boys, I want me a little girl. But I guess at her age, she decided not to physically have one but to adopt and so it still kind of boggles me like I said that they were here in Craven County and came all the way to Fayetteville to come and get me it just goes to show how God works and just how life is crazy and how everything literally works for our good because I really don't know the struggle or really the ins and outs of that story as to why they had to come to Fayetteville but I'm sure it was a story behind it, as there's a story to everything um, and a huge purpose behind it. But whatever the whatever the story was, whatever it may be, it was purpose for Hattie and Carlton to have me. And I thank God. Um, I'm so very blessed to have the parents that I have. We always haven't been in the place that we are at now. Um, growing up, I was rebellious. Um, I snuck out the house growing up. I was a smart student. I was your teacher's pet growing up. I was everybody's favorite little girl. Um growing up but I was rebellious I don't know if that's the Aquarius in me or just me being me but I was rebellious growing up I did kind of like to do my own thing I still kind of see that in me now I know that I'm still rebellious I got some rebelliousness in me still um me and God are trying to work on that currently but so y'all pray for me but I'm definitely, that's definitely like, it has been a part of my nature for a very long time. And so with that, I have dis disciplinary parents. Um, growing up, my parents are older. They're like in their early 70s. So you can imagine, you know, that's like your grandparents. Some of y'all grandparents age and some of y'all young mothers, some of y'all grand, y'all great grandparents age. But that's neither here nor there. But you know what I'm saying? Just just keep in mind so you know about how those parents are. They don't play. I didn't get to I didn't get to stay with my friends. My friends had to come and stay with me. I didn't get to go out too often or anything. Like my mom was the mom that if you went to the skating ring on a Friday night and you know how they used to have the sleepovers and you would try to sneak away and try to stay overnight at the skating ring. My mom was definitely the kind of mom that was definitely um, coming out there to see where you were, who you were with, and she was, you better, you better hope that she didn't have a belt in the car with her, and that she didn't bring the belt in there to whoop your can for trying to sneak and stay at the, um, skating ring on that Good Friday night, because I actually had, it happened to me one time, me and my god sister called ourselves going to go to the skating ring, my mama pulled up so fast, soon as it was time to go to sleep, like, Skirt, what you think you doing? Whatever you thought you was about to do, it's over. Get in the car now. And it was over. I don't think I tried that no more. I tried it. I tried it. But I ain't tried that no more. So, you know what I'm saying? That's the type of parents I had. So, like I said, but so being that I was rebellious, though, at the age of 14, I lost my virginity due to me sneaking out the house and stuff like that. So, here I am. Like I said, growing up in this household where I was the only girl. So, of course, you know, girls are set at a different standard growing up 
their boys, you know, we always, I guess, kind of are at this double standard type thing, being a female. So I grew up, you know, girls, you're not supposed to be doing that. You're not supposed to be doing this. You're not supposed to be doing that. And so that's how I grew up. So I was rebellious, like I said. So I was sneaking out, me and um, another whole girl, sneaking out, doing all type of stuff. So I started sports heads. I started learning about boys and this, that, and the third. And whoosh. Here we go down that road. So I did that like um it gets deep, you guys. Um so when my parents found out that I snuck out, like my parent I finally got caught one night. Like we would put dummies in the bed. We would do all type of stuff to ensure that we did not get caught. <laughs> and I didn't even I didn't sneak out no window or nothing. Like I used to literally sneak out the back door. Boom, boom, boom. Come back in the house. My dad used to go to work. He used to they used to get up at like four o'clock every morning for my dad to get up and go to work. And so I knew that. So I just knew, okay, as long as I'm in the house by four o'clock, I'm good. Now mind you, when I started sticking out, I had just graduated. I will never forget, it was my eighth grade graduation is the first night that I snuck out. And I was scared to death. I will never forget that. And I remember, I remember leaving, y'all. I remember leaving, getting like to the end of the road and then turning back around because I was so darn scared. But then eventually just going ahead and going with it and leaving, whatever, whatever. That was the night I lost my virginity. Whatever, whatever. So, me and this dude, I was talking to an older dude. Like, he was a... I was about to be a freshman in high school. He was about to be a senior. So, I had an older friend. And he he used to come and pick me up. It used, like I said, it used to be me and one of my homegirls. And so, him and one of his homeboys. And we used to sneak out, dip off, whatever, whatever. We did that for a while. Like, that was like the summertime. So, that lasted for about a couple of months. Until, like I said, that one night I got caught. So, one night, I just ended up... Not coming in the house at the right time a little bit too late. And my both my parents were up. And so, of course, I've always, like, I'm I'm tall, but I'm slim. I've always been slim back then. I was, like, really, really skinny then. Oh, whatever. But, you know, so I think I'm cute. I will just never forget. I had on my favorite little burgundy shirt. I will never forget. I had this burgundy shirt that was, like, a V-neck. It had, like, kind of bigger sleeves, and it scrunched up at the bottom. I will never forget that shirt and this black skirt that I used to love. And I had on my little slip or whatever of course um but I was cute or whatnot and I just remember that night you guys um he had dropped us off and he used to drop us off like a little bit down the street from our house and but this night he had it was a cut it was like this little cut behind my friend's house that I used to stick out with and so we were actually like we were like right there about to get out the car like normal like everything was just a normal was a normal night or whatever so when we got ready to get out the car the next thing you know it was like boom boom glass just started shattering everywhere somebody had busted the glass in his window and so he freaking out we freaking out he back up skirt go down the street a little bit and is like yo my friend had a big older brother who still was in the area. Now, my brothers, they were all gone. By the time I was 16 or 14, my brothers were all gone. They were all in the military. We're, like, 
they're like my the youngest boy is like 11 years apart from me so they were gone you know everybody's in the military everybody my, all of my brothers were gone they were all living their own life but her brother and her her brother are kind of close in age so he was still around and so he catches us you guys so you know, the dude is, like, freaking out because my dude was the dude that was driving. So, he freaking out, whatever, whatever. He was like, y'all got to get out. Da, 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 da. So, we ended up getting out. For some reason, we didn't, for some odd, dumb reason, we thought if we run through the woods, maybe her brother wouldn't see us, which was really, really dumb because he had already seen us and he already knew what it was. So, we ended up running through the woods to the like some woods that was in the back of my yard and my house so we ended up getting there going into the woods whatever whatever getting out whatever whatever i mean i just remember like my whole leg was scarred up bleeding i was just bleeding from the scrapes and the scratches i got from being in the woods and i went to my house and she went to her house so, like I said, by this time, I'm caught because my mom and daddy up. And so, I was already caught anyways outside of the situation with her brother. I was already caught. So, I come in the house and my mom and I'm like, why you, what you doing up? I'm like, oh, I wanted to go outside. I was high. I needed the fresh air. You know how stupid we is when you get caught up in a lie or when you about to lie. You just come up with the stupidest stuff. So, this is a uh, FYI, don't lie. Cause it's just stupid, you know what I'm saying? You come up with the stupidest stuff when you lie. That was my excuse. I can't. I went outside to go get some fresh air. Like my mama looked at me like, "Girl, bye." And then she saw that I was bleeding, so she really is like, "Okay, what's going on, April?" I didn't even have time to tell her because my whole girl brother came knocking on the door. Boop 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 boop. So I already knew what it was. It really wasn't even no point of me trying to explain myself because you already know that he was going to come through and tell the story. So that's what happened. Boom. Story told. Bam. Here we go. So cool. Now it's all right, April. So you was with some boys. Did, 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 did. did you have sex? Womp, womp, womp. Here is the moment of truth. So, like I said, I live in a little country town. My parents are older. So, having this conversation was uncomfortable. Having this conversation, I was scared, of course. Scared to death. But it had happened. And I was honest. You know, I told her, yes, I lost my virginity. Whatever, whatever. So, my dad flips automatically. I mean, flips. And I come from a home where, yeah, you you get disciplined and that maybe with a switch or that maybe with my hands or whatever. But like I said, my parents are disciplinaries. So I got disciplined. But this night was a different type of discipline. And I don't know. I don't have kids. So I don't really understand right now. Um, well, I understand a little bit to a certain extent. But, you know, it's just, like, one of those things where it still kind of boggles your mind that that's, this is what happened. But my dad was just so furious that, like, he, like, bought up his fist and, like, boom, hit me in my back. And, like, I just would never forget that just because, like I said, remember, I'm I'm a small, petite little girl. I'm, like, 14. My dad was older, of course. I mean, what, I'm 28 now. He's, like, 70. So, you can imagine. So, he was probably, like, what, in his 50s then? Or 50s? And so... 
a 50-year-old man taking his fist and hitting me in my back. It was, like, traumatic or whatever. And you don't realize how certain things are traumatic or how traumatic they are to you until you get older you go through other things and then you start looking back over your life and you're like oh so this is the correlation between that is because of this and this is why I reacted to that because of this and you start putting stuff together you start so you start under yourself understanding yourself and life and others a little bit better and so at this point I do like I said I do kind of understand a little bit more um like I said it does kind of still boggle me that I went through that at that age but it all makes sense as to who I am today but so whatever that was my first you know real big traumatic thing that I would say that I went through or that I experienced um I probably went through other stuff growing up like but it was more so nothing that was probably more so mental and emotional nothing physical so that was like my first real thing going through physical so I'm going through this at the age of 14 so now like I said I know about sex I'm exploring sex I know about boys but at that age then my miss but I had a misperception of love at a very early age. Um, and I do think that does relate back to me being adopted to the to the situation that happened with me and my father to now. Okay, so now I'm looking for love in all the wrong places. And now I'm looking at sex as the equivalent to love. And so now I'm in different relationships and I'm meeting different boys and I'm meeting boys from New Bern and different places and you know doing all these things and having sex and whatever whatever until at the age of 16 I meet somebody and we ended up dealing with each other and then boom I ended up getting pregnant at the age of 16 so boop 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 here we are again April with another fail <laughs> and uh so this time me being pregnant it was like okay Wow, here we go again. How are you? <coughs> Excuse me. It goes like, okay, so here we are again. How are you going to tell your parents that you're pregnant now? That day was scary, but it was so different. Like, I don't know what changed, but my mom and dad, they took that so much easy, so easy. And so much better than I thought they were. And, like, to this day, I kind of say to myself, like, I don't know if it's, I wonder, is it because they kind of already had a idea of what would happen or what they would do if that ever came about? Or was it because, you know, I don't know. I don't know. So, for some reason, you know, I don't know. Like I said, they were just really calm about that situation. And I was like, okay. So the next day, though, it was like, okay, April, you pregnant, but you're going to have an abortion. At the age of 16, I don't really, I don't, you don't, to me, at that time, back then, no. I don't think I really had any, Um, I didn't have... I didn't have a say-so, you know, basically. I didn't have an opinion. I didn't, you know, like I said, my mama is darn near 70. Like, she's 70. So, imagine growing up with a 70-year-old. I don't have no, I don't have an opinion. You know what I'm saying? If you are an older person, you know, and you have an older mother or older grandparent, then you know 
at that age, at the age of 16, living in somebody else's room, house, you don't have no opinion. And what you want to do is kind of out the window, especially when it comes to something like that. And so, um, when I found out I was pregnant, I can't, uh, I want to say March. I found out I was pregnant like in March or April. It might have been in April. But, no, I found out I was pregnant in March. And then, like, in April, I had my abortion. And now that I think about it, that was, like, around, like, April 19th or something around this time. So, at this age, it's been, um, like, 12 years now. Um, So, I went through that. That was my second traumatic thing in life that I went through. And then, you know, after me and after that situation, me and the dude, we stopped talking. He got another girl pregnant. Me and her beefed for, like, years. I mean, years. To be honest, the girl might still don't like me today. But me and her beef for like years. Oh, my God. But, um, and it's so crazy, though. Like, it's so, my life is just so crazy, you guys. Because, like, me and the dude, we still, we still are cool. Like, I'm literally that type of a person where at this point, I'm cool with all my exes. It's like, I can't think of one person that I ever dealt with that. I really, if they spoke to me or they try to hold a conversation with me, that I really would be like, er, skirt. I don't, cause I'm really not like that. And that's really not what type of person I am. But it's just so crazy that me and that girl literally beefed or whatever up until. I mean, like I said, she probably, she might still have beef with me until this day right now, y'all. It's freaking crazy, y'all. Please don't be, please don't be like her. But. That was, like, another part of my life. You know, growing up, now that I look back at it, like I said, it just stems from those childhood issues, a lot of things that I went through. Like, I didn't even have to go through that. Why was I even putting myself in those type of positions? But it was because of that lack of love, that lack, that that rejection, all of those things that I dealt with is kind of what caused me to be in that situation at that young age to see and deal with some of the things that I had to deal with. It's crazy. But, you guys, y'all hold that thought. Give me one second. I am going to go. We are going to go to a quick little ad, a quick commercial. Um, This ad is sponsored by your plugs. If you don't know who they are, then you should definitely get to know who they are. They are Deborah Bryant, the owner of Deb's Espresso Dance Company. Christy Nicole, she is the owner of Christy Fit, as well as Brinkley Moore, the owner and creator of the Evolving Sunflower Studios. And Wachi Garza, who is the CEO of 252 Life, the label, as well as T.Fields, Marky Cannon, the ultimate videographer, and SBM Visuals, Mr. Shawan Miller, who is my photographer. Shout out to you guys. They do sponsor this ad coming to you from the plugs all right you guys so what i want to talk to y'all really quickly is about the kw event that is coming to you guys on august 4th if you did not go to prom or if you had a bad prom experience maybe your date just was not all of that maybe you had to go with somebody that you really didn't want to go with it's okay. KW Event Planet is going to give you guys a second chance. So, who's ready? All right, who's ready? You ready? 
Second chance prom is going to be August 4th. That is going to be from 6 p.m. until 10 p.m. at the Banquet Hall in Vanceboro, North Carolina. All right, you guys. So you guys follow the business plug. Keep up with me to find out more information about this event. I have it posted on my business page on Facebook already. So if you have not seen it, go ahead and catch that. Excuse me. And if you have not followed KW Event Planning on Facebook, I suggest you go ahead and do so as well. And that is going to be KW Event Planning 2017 on Facebook, you guys. So, and we're back. All right, you guys. So, bloop. All right, you guys. So, we back. Um, That was my first little ad that I did so now I just know how to do it come correct next time so that's why I did a little bleep but I'm back you guys so whatever whatever like I said those previous things okay I went through those things growing up now we're here we're 16 we're going through the drama you and my mama me, me and my mom never had a really good relationship I think that all girls kind of go through that stage at one point in their life i'm not 100 percent sure but i kind of do think that we all kind of go through that stage where you know you and your mama y'all beef or whatever like it used to be of course everybody time to beef with their mama is in the morning before you get ready to go to school before everybody getting go to work everybody agitated your mama trying to get ready to leave and go to work you trying to leave and get ready to school everybody just got an attitude we just pissed everybody just pissed so um you know and like i said me being rebellious all of that so I went through all of that, you know what I'm saying, with my mom. We didn't have the best relationship growing up in high school. So I kind of felt like I always were. I always looked to my friends and the people I was around to be my comfort, to be the people that I could talk to about anything and that type of thing. And so that's when you're like, okay, so of course by this time I'm in high school and so we're dealing with these different things that we go through in high school, whether that be bullying or whether that be um, self-worth and self-esteem and learning about yourself, all of those things. So my high school years were pretty much like I I wasn't too much focused because, like I said, I was so into doing my own thing and I was so worried about having fun more so um I wasn't like your great, you know, your top student in school and all of those things because my mind was so focused on, remember, I'm searching for love. I'm trying to do this and I'm trying to do that because I feel like I remember growing up, I did have a childhood where it was like I wanted to run away. I didn't want to be here, um, that type of thing. Like I actually even had like suicidal thoughts as a kid. Like I remember being that child, you know, I think. Of course, everybody kind of go through that. I think, you, of course, when you go through trouble, when you get in trouble and you want to run away, of course, because you just got to whoop it or something like that. But I do believe that my issues were a little bit deeper than that. I think because I, with me being going through the rejection issues with being adopted and some of those things that kind of had me at the place where I was, it was like, uh, I remember I remember thinking a lot of times, like, it would be so much easier if I just wasn't here. I just don't want to be here. I just don't want to do this anymore. Like, I remember growing up and having those thoughts. Um, and so I did go through that. But as a child, I didn't really realize 
what those issues were and why and like I said I didn't really at that time I didn't really have anybody to communicate with about my feelings or how I felt and I didn't really think that nobody understood anyway so it was kind of like well I might as well keep it bottled up and I might as well keep it to myself. So imagine having all of these things bottled up. Now you're 16, now you're 17. So now you're meeting different people still. You're still um, having sex. You're being sexually, you know, promiscuous now. And But now you met somebody who is different, who's a thug and all of this. And so now you're in this relationship with this guy and... He's just totally different, totally outside of your norm, totally outside of the box. Um, he really was really he was really in the streets, and so here I am at the age of sixteen, um, dealing with somebody who was really in the streets, really about gangs, really is about uh, robbing and shooting, and really, really about this life. And of course, being so young, you are influenced easily, and so you just pick up. Anybody that you're, you're like a sponge, just, you know, anybody that you're around, that's what you're going to act like. You're going to, you're going to, um, mirror that person. And so here I was 16, 17, 18, growing up with this guy dealing with him for so long, man, because we were so much a part of each other's life. This is the guy that I went to prom with. Um, I, I learned a lot from him. And in that point of time, like I grew a lot. Um, I went, you know, go getting, I graduated high school. I graduated, but my GPA was low or whatever, but I knew that I wanted to go to college because it was just the right thing to do, of course. And growing up, I always wanted to be a teacher. So initially out of high school, I went to college. I went to Pitt Community College for a little while, but I played around. I was in Greenville and I mean... <laughs> I played around. So here I was dealing with this guy in Newburgh, but going to school in Greenville. So I basically I had a I met a girl, me and her became close. She was from DC. Uh, shout out to my boo, Elisha. Um, we met, we rocked out. So it was like I just those it was like even though I didn't go to ECU or a big university, I still I didn't have, it's the college experience is different, but I still kind of went through that same kind of motions of the college life and partying and not wanting to go to school, not wanting to do any work and just kind of fell it out. So that's what kind of happened with my first year at Pitt. Um, I was going, like I said, for education that didn't work out. So it's back to, back to Newburgh, back to life with my boyfriend at the time and back to us doing our thing. At one point in time, I've always been a hard worker. I've been working since the age of 16. And so I never really went a period of time without a job, except for, I believe around this time where, um, it was like, I went a short period of time without a job after I quit school or after I no longer were, was in school. I think it didn't last long, maybe like two or three months, but I um, left one job, went somewhere else. That's literally been my life. I, I promise every time I leave a job, I literally go get a job like within the next week or two later. Literally, I cannot make it up. And so I remember I was working at Harris Teeter at a time. I went in there to cool. I actually had an interview at a gas station that same day. Uh, I went in there to quit 
they actually, I wouldn't let go pick up my check. They actually tried to fire me on that same day. But in my mind, I knew that I was going to quit anyways because I already knew that I had this interview and I went to the interview. I had got a job. And so it was like, y'all try to fire me, but baby, I already quit. Like I wasn't even coming to work later on. I think I had to work like later on that day. And I think I was like, oh, well, I'm not coming to work, but they try to fire me. But anyways, that's literally been my life. Like I could really name out literally like two to three, four times on top of that, that I've literally quit a job or I've gotten fired and literally walked out and got a job either like the same day or the next day or within that same couple of, within that same week or something like that. Like God literally works like that for me. But anywho, that's neither here nor there. Um, But so here I am transitioning from one job to another, going through those emotions, being out of school and just like dealing with the pressure from my parents, from him. He really was hard on me um, about like, April, you're so smart. You're supposed to be going to school. What are you doing? Whatever, whatever. And so he was my motivation, my my push, really, because he just nagged so much. Like how a girl nagged boys, like boys nag girls too, you guys. And so, because he really was a nag in my ear, like about everything. And so I thank God for him. Now he was a headache and a pain in my butt then. And he kind of sometimes still is now because we are still cool to a certain extent, but he back then I didn't realize it, but now I do like, he really did have my best interest at hand. And so I think back then it was just like, I was just so in my own little world and so selfish and so crazy and whatever, whatever. I didn't, you know, I mean, growing up, that's like, it's like puppy love, whatever, whatever. So it's like, okay, whatever. You don't realize how serious it is until you get older. You look back at those things because now I look back and, um, every person that I dealt with played an instrumental role into me being who I am. And so that's dope. But it really, it takes a lot of growth personally to be at that place where you can look at back at those situations, even the worst of the worst ones, and say, okay, I learned this from that, and I learned this, and I learned that. Because me and him actually went through a lot, a lot, a lot. He was, um, I've been in two domestic violence relationships, and he was the first one. And that didn't start until, like, so we met when I was, like, 16, um, and that's what our relationship would begin at the age of 16. He didn't put his hands on me for the first time until I was probably like 19, 20, probably like 20, to be honest. I probably was like 20. And, uh, that was crazy. Um, I'll never forget at night, um, me and my friends, we were cross town, um, in New Bern. And it was during the summertime. So, of course, it's hot. Like, like I said, I've always been this small, petite girl. So, you know, when you're small like that, you feel like you can show off. You feel like you can wear anything. And so I would just never forget. I just had on this little short outfit or whatever. Like, it was like some short shorts and a little tank top and some Converse boots or whatever. So, Converse shoes that I had on. Like, it was just like a regular hot hot summer day me and my friends we had got a bottle of alcohol like a big bottle of alcohol so we were just like chilling hot summer day smoking drinking relaxing having fun my boyfriend at the time he just was anti my friend because 
she was promiscuous as well. And we, I mean, even though me and her never really hung together because, mind you, like I said, my my mom wasn't the type of mom who let me go off and hang out with my friends. So, me and her never really hung together. It was, like, my first time really, really getting to hang with her, like, that us being, like, adults. Like, you know, we feel like we're adults now at this time. So, we do what I think we chilling. So, of course, like I said, he just anti-her. He really didn't like her. And so, it was just such a problem. We fussed all that day, and then when it finally got to that nighttime for us to chill he was just acting crazy and so I didn't get it like I think we ended up I think he ended up coming to get me or whatnot from where I was at we ended up walking back to his spot at the top and we got into this big argument and this big big fuss and I was like, okay, I'm about to go, whatever, whatever. It ended up starting to rain. But, I like, mind you, I was kind of drunk or whatever because we'd been drinking, and it was the end of the day. So I was kind of feeling myself, so I'm kind of drunk. So I'm like, no, I'm mad. And I'm a kind of dramatic person. So I was mad. Especially, like, I am the type of person when I get mad at the person I'm dealing with, like, I am the type of person, like, uh, no, I don't want to be around you, this, I walk, whatever, whatever, that's the type of person I am, so his cousin was there to give us a ride back to where I was, and I was like, no, fuck that, I'm gonna walk, this. so I ended up walking, so mind you, he's very protective, and he is just like, you're stupid, you know what I'm saying, you want to walk, whatever, whatever, we fussing, but he ended up walking behind me the whole time, and so we ended up going down the street, and some dudes that knew me, like, see me, and I still, to this day, I really don't remember, I don't remember what they were saying, I remember them, I remember them saying stuff, and you know, like, heckling at me, and calling my name, and stuff like that, but I just, kept it moving, you know what I'm saying, I remember speaking to one of them, R.I.P. to Mac, I remember speaking to him or whatever, but I remember keeping it moving, so, I don't know what happened, he got mad, I guess he was so mad already, because we were walk like, the whole day, you know what I'm saying, he mad about everything, so this, so he, when we get to her house, he just blanks out, it just, he, hits me so this is my way this is like the third thing that i you know what i'm saying now i'm at this point okay boom here we go again with this physical abuse so here i am in my first domestic violence relationship and it did continue afterwards it was like when you are a female especially being young Especially, like I said, me and him were together for like four years before he ever put his hands on me. So being that young, vulnerable little girl at that age and having to experience that, it was like, now that I look back, it really like, that was like a, it was, it broke me. You know what I'm saying? It was one of those things that broke me because here I am already dealing with so uh, these other issues. Now here I am. Now it's like the person that I love, he 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 hitting me. He's hurting me. Like and he did it on purpose. Like I just remember that night when it happened, just after we leaving and I mean like me and my friend, we went back to go fight him and all of this, like it was just a crazy night. And I just remember being on the phone with him later on that night being like, why would you do that? Like, how could you do that to me? How could you hit me? Like, how? You know what I'm saying? When you're young like that, you don't understand that. And I think 
sometimes we still don't, we still, it's hard for us to register how the people that claim they love us so much can hurt us. And because a lot of times, a lot of stuff that we go through does come from those closest to us. And so it boggles our mind to think, how can this person say that they love me? And how can they do this? And how can they do that? And then still show me this side of them that I never, ever, ever, ever expected and that I never imagined. But like I said, we went through that. I was 20 then at the age of 21. So, oh, no, 20. I was 20. All of that was right there at the same time. So it just spiraled out of control really fast. Once you accept that type of behavior, that is what continues. Because I allowed it the first time, it did continue, like I said, to the point where uh, February of 2011, I had a miscarriage. Um, I had got pregnant. To this day, I still kind of think I know the day that I got pregnant, which was like around Christmas time. But at this point, like I said, I was basically living with him around this time. And so we were living together. So we were together all the time, whatever, whatever. I got pregnant. And I remember he knew that I was pregnant. He knew that I was pregnant. He kept saying, April, you're pregnant. But in my mind, I'm like, no, I'm not. Whatever, whatever. Didn't think I was until... Um, I don't even know what made me go and take a pregnancy test, to be honest. I can't even tell you right now what made me go take a pregnancy test. But one day, I think it was just him being like, April, you pregnant? Because I was just, I remember being so emotional. I remember starting fights with him all the time and all of that. So it was like, after that first time that he put his hands on me, it was like, I'm a, honestly, I would be the one that would start the fights, initiate the fights after that. Like, I would still off of him. I would get mad and I would throw punches and I would do all of those type of things. Like, I remember one time I hit him in the head with an Xbox. It's, it, it, it got serious. Like, knives have been pulled out. Guns have been put out. Like, I really went through that at a very young age. You know what I'm saying? So, here I am now, um, pregnant. And me and him were still fighting like crazy. I remember us fighting one night in trip court, like, in front of his aunt's house. Like, we used to fight so bad. It was really ridiculous. And so to the point where two days before my 21st birthday, I ended up going out to eat with my best friend and purchasing a pregnancy test that day and going to Andy's in Vanceboro and sitting down, taking the pregnancy test and finding out that I was pregnant. So here I am pregnant at the age of 21 and by this man who was, who I was in an abusive relationship, you know what I'm saying, who I'm going through this abusive relationship with and I'm having a baby. My mama and them, now I'm 20, 21, so it wasn't like a big disappointment. My mama was actually happy. Um, she actually had started going and purchasing stuff she, that's how excited she was, um, but it didn't last long due to the fact that on February 10th, maybe, maybe, like, I think it was February 10th, February 9th or February 10th, I ended up getting real, feeling real bad that they, like, having those bad cramps or whatever, going to the hospital, then being like, okay, you need to be on bed rest or whatever, you were on the verge of losing your baby, whatnot, whatnot, um, Calling, you know, him being there, everything with me and all of that to that night I ended up going home 
crying on that bathroom floor and losing my baby. And uh, I always say abortion, that is, I mean, not abortion, I'm sorry, having a miscarriage, that is the absolute worst feeling ever to have. And I would never even wish that on my worst enemy, like, period. Pain is crazy. I don't know what it feels like to have a baby, but I know what it feels like to lose a baby, and that is, like, the worst feeling ever. Um, horrible, terrible feeling. But on February 10th, I lost a baby, so that was, like, a couple of weeks after I found out. So here I am. Boom. Here we go again. Here we go. April and her traumatics. And so at this point, oh, you're 20. You're 21. So it's like... Again, for me, I deal and I keep it moving always. So I deal and I keep it moving. You know, um, we still deal with each other for a little while after that. So that happened in February, March. And uh, we didn't even make April, May. May. May was the last time that he put his hands on me. Um, and he didn't even put his hands on me, really, like, hit me or anything. But when you're fed up and when you're at your breaking point and when you're or when you're tired of being tired, it doesn't take much for somebody to push you over to the edge. And so we're arguing one night. I and I was that back then I was this crazy emotional girlfriend. So I'm the type of girlfriend that would call your phone and blow your phone up. 80 times. I'm the type of girlfriend that when you say you leaving, no, why I'm crying, I'm following you. Um, I went this on this particular night, he was with me and something happened. He got out my car and I just remember like following him around, being like, no, where you going? Da, 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 this. Like being that crazy, dramatic girlfriend. And so I remember him pulling up. Um, it was like him and his cousin. And I'm like, what are you doing? Da, 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 this. And he like something, something, something. And like mushed me. Like literally that's all it took for me to be like, no, this is it. I'm done. I'm over it. Finito, I'm gone. And so that's what it was. And so, like, literally within that moment, that was the end of our relationship. Um, now, mind you, I had already kind of met somebody else. And during one, of the, during one of our breakups, I had dealt with this person. So me and this person was kicking it. I was chilling with them. And so I liked him, you know. And so I ended up, when we broke up, here I go again. Like, boom, from one relationship to the next. So... Boom, here I am. Now I'm dealing with this person. Now this person was cool or whatever. I don't... I can't do this. <laughs> this is what you have to love about recording your podcast. Those moments at the end. <laughs> when I'm like, I can't do this right now. <laughs> That was too funny. Oh, my gosh. So, you guys, I had to cut the podcast because it's a lot. And it was really getting deep. And we haven't even really touched the surface. I mean, really, to be honest, I really kind of feel like I left out a lot. I mean, but I I hit on the most important part so far. So, you guys, we are going to end it right here today uh, on this good old Monday. It's getting late. 
And I have to eat, y'all know, after the podcast, I have to eat. Like, I do. I'm that fat girl that eat and go to sleep. I'm so sorry, but I probably, I'm about to eat. I'm about to do so a little bit of work, but I'm about to go to sleep on that food, probably. So, you guys, I am going to cut it right here. <laughs> Thank you all for listening. If y'all stay tuned, uh, please continue to stay tuned because I will be finishing this podcast. Stay tuned for the podcast on Friday. Stay tuned for the uh, blog post on Wednesday. Y'all keep up with me on social media. Um, I appreciate all the love and support. Follow, share, subscribe. Definitely. Podcast is available on Apple Podcasts as well as the Anchor app. As well as just clicking that link and um, listening on your browser. It's not an issue. You can do that too. Um, so you guys, I appreciate all the love and support thus far. Y'all continue to do so. <laughs> I do have to cut it short. My life is really long and like the story is really long and y'all know I'm like long winded and kind of dramatic. And so I have to tell y'all the story so y'all can really fully understand, but I would have been talking for like days and ages right now. I can see. So we're not going to do that. We're going to, this is going to be part one. You guys, we're going to finish up part two, come next week sometime, probably. But I appreciate you guys so far. Appreciate the love and support. Y'all already know what it is. Y'all already know who it is. It is your girl, April Latrell, a.k.a. Not Your Average Business Woman, a.k.a. The Business Plug. Get at me, y'all. Y'all stay tuned. Follow me on social media. I love y'all. Good night. Mwah.